Spotlighting Hawaii's leaders. We want to bring in Governor David E. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Lieutenant Governor, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Mayor Derek Kawakami. Thank you so much, uh, Senator, for being here. Spotlighting the issues. Where is the virus right now in our community? How much is this overall going to cost the state? How are you responding to the community's concerns? Talk about the level of citations that you guys are writing. Spotlight Hawaii with Yanji Denise and Ryan Kalei Suji on the digital platforms of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. This episode of Spotlight Hawaii is brought to you by Long's Drugs. Well, aloha, happy Monday morning to all of you tuning in here to Spotlight Hawaii. I'm Yanji Denise, usually joined by Ryan Kalei Suji, but he is in transit right now. As many of you know, he spent the week with the men's volleyball team up in Los Angeles. Uh, their amazing win and bring home that national title, of course, the team. Uh, many of them welcome home yesterday. Some more folks flying back today, and Ryan is one of those folks. So he's going to be back with us on Wednesday. But the news does go on, and we have a very important guest joining us this morning. Uh, Lori Kahikina, the CEO of the Honolulu Authority for Rapid Transportation, is joining us. Lori, thanks for being here this morning. Good morning, Yonji. Thank you for having me. Um, you've had a very busy last few, I would say, basically since you took the job. But I would say <laughs> uh, some big news on Friday, the Heart Board approving the uh, draft recovery plan. For those folks who have not been paying very, very close attention, tell us about how significant this is and what is in that plan. Sure. Yeah, I understand that the public in general probably don't don't even understand what is a recovery plan. So just to back up a little bit, when we have a full funding grant agreement, basically it's a contract with the federal government, FTA. And when the project goes sideways, you need to do a recovery plan to the FTA on how you're gonna get it done. How are you gonna, the scope of the project and how are you gonna pay for it? So back in December, FTA wrote me a letter saying that um, you know, we understand the difficulties that this project is encountering. We are amenable to amending the full funding grant agreement, but also in that letter, they said we need a new recovery plan submitted no later than June 30th. Now, fast forward, you would think that's a lot of time from December to January, but when you back up what our schedule is to get that approval to get it to FTA, it was a whirlwind for us. You, we have to get board approval first, and then it has to go to two readings at city council committee and then full council. So we are so, so happy and thankful that the board approved it on Friday with some footnotes that we need to add per chair, our, our board chair. And we plan to go to transportation committee on May 24th, and if they do approve, then it goes to full council on June 1st. And if they approve, we send it immediately to FTA. And the big sort of adaptation with this recovery plan is shortening the route. We haven't talked to you since the mayor had his state of the city and presented that uh, to the residents of Honolulu. What are your thoughts on uh, that that new idea of putting the, putting the rail line, at least for now, ending it? Uh, at South Street and Halekawila and eventually perhaps making it to Ala Moana. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, yeah, so um, we've been working hand in hand with administrations, uh, council chair and our board chair. Hart ran the, the numbers on what we think we can afford. And Mayor always said that in his campaigns, you know, if the numbers don't make, if the strategy doesn't make sense, right, the numbers don't make sense, then we need to find a new plan. 
And so we presented numbers to board chair, council chair, and administration, and we actually proposed downtown. And mayor came back and said, no, I want you to find a way and you get to Civic Center. That's one more station that shows the community we're only 1.25 miles shy and two stations short. But I cannot stress enough, all entities, we are all committed to getting to Ala Moana. Um, it's just right now we are amending the federally funded portion with FTA and that is to Civic Center. It's still a stretch for us, but mayor wanted, like I said, he drew the line in the sand and we're going to get there. We have the fundings to get there. We're shy about in our recovery plan, about $120 million in surplus um, to get to Civic Center. And, and why did you think that downtown might be more reasonable and how did you make the numbers work to actually get to where you're going now? That's a very good question. We thought downtown was reasonable because DTS already has an interconnectivity bus system, but our proposal also included the Pearl Highlands parking garage. And so with the new proposal to FTA, to Civic Center, we are temporarily deferring the Pearl Highlands parking garage. and. I know that comes with some um, uh, disappointment from the Leeward, the Central and North Shore community. Uh, I did personally go out to meet with the three neighborhood board, three neighborhood boards, Pearl City, Waipahu and uh, Mililani. And they were actually quite supportive of heart and they understood where we were coming from, but all three did submit resolutions to put the Pearl Highlands parking garage back. Mililani in particular um, was urging the federal government, city and state governments to find the funds for HART to put it back. But we are still committed to servicing those communities. Um, I, I spoke to one council member and he said, the cost for that parking garage is so astronomical find a better way. And we are committed to doing that, working hand in hand with DTS to find a better way. He, that council member suggested I speak to Leeward Community College or Pearl Highlands Shopping Center because they have the land already. They've already built on it. So it's better material than what we are, what, where we were proposing to put the Pearl Highlands parking garage. So that's something that we need to look at, find a better way to serve the community than putting up a $330 million parking garage. Well, let's explore that idea a little bit further. And so from what I'm understanding is that we basically, the, the, the heart basically decided to shelve the parking garage for now to add that extra stop. There's only yes. so much money. And so that's where the give was. So do you think that the Pearl Highland shop uh, parking garage will go up in the sort of iteration that we had imagined? Or are you suggesting that we could have it somewhere else close by, but connected like the community college? And, and what would that look like? Yes, so that's that's actually what I was saying earlier that maybe we can find a better location. But um, for for your viewers that have that were watching on Friday, one of our own board members, Anthony Alto, said, if we're going to spend that amount of money on a parking garage, why don't we do an extension to Mililani instead? And I think that's a great idea, but we have to find a more cost-effective and viable option than putting it up where it's slated to go. I think there's better options that we can work together as a team with DTS city administration to find a better answer. Yeah. And that parking garage, just so folks know, uh, can you tell us the cost of that? Oh, yes. Yes. So that was a 1600 stall parking garage for $330 million. And um, 
you know, we're being criticized, HART is being criticized for inflating that number. And it's actually came in 2020, HART put out a P3 proposal. And the two bidders that came back were actually the ones that came up with that number. It's because of the soft substrate. So at 1,600 stalls, $330 million, it comes out to over 200,000 per stall. Um, a local a local um, developer just did a parking garage in, in Kaka'ako and his cost was about 45,000 per stall. So you can see the disparity there. We have to find a better way. When you talk about a Mililani extension, are you actually talking about extending the rail lines and yes. adding more rail route? And, and what would that look like? Yes, that's exactly what he suggested. It is purely high level concept we've not delved into that but i thought wow that's a that's interesting when i think of extensions i was more thinking further to uh because we do need to connect all of those campuses and further leeward because where we're at at east couple it just ends abruptly so i was thinking more those types of extensions first but when he mentioned it on friday i said oh that's that's a an idea that we need to explore Let's get back to that uh, draft recovery plan. Uh, what are What is your impression from the FTA? I know that they f haven't had a chance to actually look at the plan, but at first blush, how are they receiving the news that the rail route uh, will likely be shortened to Kaka'ako? Actually, they have. They have seen the draft. They've been with us step and step all along the way. Um, they are open to truncating the, the scope, the federally funded scope. What we do after that from Civic Center to Alamona or to UH for that matter, it's on it's on us. If we do do a full extension, let's say from Civic Center to UH, we are eligible for additional federal funding from Alamona to UH. But that 1.25 miles, I don't think we're eligible for uh, FTA funds. But they are amenable to that scope. When they came down, they did their own risk refresh, and and they were only looking at that truncated scope. I do have to say we're not in agreement with our numbers right now. Our our costs that we put in the recovery plan, they feel because of the what what they call uncertainty, which is the unknown unknowns. Hart has put in contingencies in our and risk numbers in our recovery plan. They do feel we need to increase it by several hundred millions of dollars, um, and that's mainly because we don't know what's happening with inflation the Ukraine-Russian war, the um, uh, supply chain, all of those things, uh, that's what they're labeling as unknown unknown. So once we submit it to them, I think they, they may come back and say, Hart, increase your numbers um, by several million, several hundred million dollars. And then if they do do that, we'll have to go through the process again of having the board approve, council approve, and then resubmitting it to FTA again. You know, when Colleen Hanabusa was on this program not too long ago, just a few weeks back, she mm -hmm. did say that um, the the contribution from the federal government is, you know, as the scope of the project or as the, the budget seems to get bigger and bigger, yes. their contribution is smaller and smaller yes. as a percentage. And so um, is it really right that the FTA has so much of an impact and so much of a say on the length of this project, given how limited uh, the impact of their money will eventually be? What, what are your thoughts on that? She has a valid concern. I think initially the FTA portion was, was maybe a third, maybe even more. 
but right now it's um it's much less 83 percent is coming from local funds the other 17 percent is coming from them from fta so she has a valid point but unfortunately with fta funds you are still obligated you're still mandated to follow the regulations if you want all of the federal funds or you don't have to return what they've already given us so but she and she's not the only one that has that concern other other um legislative uh, politicians have told me the very same thing and i i don't have i can't argue i can't argue with that that logic oh yanji one other thing i wanted to mention about the recovery plan what we put in there is fta gave a proposal to us on the release of the remaining fta funds so they still owe 744 million dollars and it was at 125 million dollar tranches over the next six years and we we are in communication with them that if they can accelerate the release of those funds it can save us quite a bit in financing costs about a hundred million dollars so i think that will have to be negotiated once we submit the final plan to fta Okay, I want to bring in some questions from the audience. Denise has a question here saying, do you have a Dillingham plan yet? We know that that was going to be or is going to be quite a complicated uh, place to build it. So what's the latest on the Dillingham corridor? Oh, thank you for that question, Denise. So yes, we have the plans completed and it's actually out on the street right now for bid. We're hoping to award that contract before the end of this year. So we are moving along in Dillingham and, you know, people have asked, Dillingham is the critical path of the entire project. We can start construction all the way on the east side from Ala Moana coming all the way back west to Dillingham with the utilities and the guideway stations. And we would still be waiting for the utilities to be moved on Dillingham. So that is the crunch for us. So thank you for that question. And it's out on the street for bid right now. Uh, in some of the reporting about Friday's meeting, uh, one of the concerns that has come up is a decrease in the ridership. What are huh. your what's your estimation on ridership, especially yes. now that folks are working from home? And if, and if that parking structure is not there and there is no place for park and ride, that could prevent some people from using the train to commute. Sure. sure. So I wish Director Morton was with me. We did a press conference right after the board meeting, and he's more proficient at this. So I'm going to use numbers that heart staff and dts staff have gotten together to do ridership now understand ridership is a model it's projections so what i'm being told is for the first year if heart had gone all the way um that if if there's eighty four thousand riders is what we're anticipating but with the truncated scope we're anticipating a 16 percent decline with with that um, truncated scope but if you do transit ridership, so if you're, if you're um, putting bus and rail together, it's much less of an impact. It's maybe 3.7% um, decline. Now, I know I'm throwing out a lot of numbers. I hope I'm not confusing your, your viewers, but just with the Pearl Highlands parking garage deferral, it's less than 2% impact. So there is, we can't deny, there is going to be an impact on ridership with the truncated scope and the deferral of the Pearl Highlands parking garage. But we're hoping with the enhanced bus service that DTS is putting together for the, um, the truncated scope on the east side from Civic Center to Ala Moana and also the deferral of the parking garage to Central and North Shore, that 
the impacts can be minimized. You know, I had a chance to go out to Kamakana Ali'i for something for my uh, for my kids uh, last weekend. And I noticed, you know, you see the stations, they're lit up. And yes. the big question is, when can we actually get oh, on these trains? Yes. So uh, there had been some talk about turning over at least a portion of the route to the city uh, sometime this year. What's the yes. latest on that? Oh, great. Thank you for bringing us up. So earlier in the year, we brought up the track issues, right? There was the wheel rail interface, the wheels were too thin for the tracks. And then on the parallel tracks, it was a little bit too tight, tight gauge by one sixteenth of an inch. I'm so happy to say that both issues have been addressed. We flew in the manganese welders. They, they completed all the welding within several weeks and the tight gauge we were able to unbolt, adjust, and they're ready to go so right now so we're able to run the trains full speed through the double crossovers right now we're waiting for hitachi to do their preliminary testing and commissioning to complete that exercise they have to submit documentation to heart and then we approve it uh, with hdot and dts approval also and then we go into trial running so we are slated to go into trial running in towards the end of june beginning of july and then we go at 90 days without any issues. Um, if we can do that, we accomplish that, we are still hoping to um, hand this over to DTS and the city before the end of the year and people can actually get on the train. So that's from East Kapolei to um, the stadium. And, and do you, you know, what are your, what's your anticipation in terms of the timing of that? Because initially I think it had been August, but when, if you say 90 days without yes. issue and then it re if there's any issue, the 90 restarts, yes. right? Yes. So the best case scenario is October that we could hand this over. But like you said, like you mentioned, if there's any issues in that 90 days, we have to start over. And so best case scenario is October. We hand it over to the city. Okay, well, I can't wait to ride it from Kamakana yes. Lee yes. to the stadium. Um, I'm interested, you did mention that, you know, Dillingham is that crunch point. So do you anticipate actually starting on the south, like at the South Street Station and building up while the other, while the rest of the route goes down? Is that how this is going to go or will it go, you know, sort of beginning uh, to end in terms okay. of the construction? Okay, so um, prior this year, we did award another utilities contract and that's from Evelle to Ward Avenue. And so that contractor, um, Coluccio, we actually gave them a soft NTP in April so they could start giving us all of their submittals. But we anticipate construction to start June, July of this year. So that work is, is one contract and will commence shortly. The Dillingham corridor, it's, it really is just Dillingham up to Evale. And we will plan to award by October of this year, but it takes several months for them to mobilize, get all of their submittals and approvals from us. So I wouldn't anticipate construction to start on Dillingham till first quarter of next year. But um, so it is gonna be congested. I, I, and I apologize in advance to the residents and businesses along that route. We will work hand in hand with DTS and HDOT because people are going to be diverted to other major highways. So we have to work hand in hand with our, our partners to minimize the impacts to the community. 
it's just such a so, so many moving parts to yes. think about. And then the other thing that you did mention is that the eventual goal is go to Ala Moana and perhaps beyond to UH and perhaps even beyond that. Um, are you still working on that portion of the planning? And and how does that work in terms of funding? Are you thinking about independently funding that, meaning that the residents of Honolulu pay for that, or are you operating under trying to get some FTA money? How how, how are right. we working on that leg of the route? Oh, difficult question, which I admit, I don't have all the answers to. What we're planning on doing is be because, again, we are so committed to getting to Ala Moana, and there's, there's, there's several years where we can try to find the additional funds. So the contract that we're putting out for the city center guideway and station, so the, what I talked about earlier was just the underground, the utilities part. But above ground, the guideway and stations, we are planning on putting out one contract from Middle Street all the way to Ala Moana. The base bid though, will be with the funds that we know we have because we can certify we have that. And then bid additives. So if we find additional funds to Kaka'ako, to Ala Moana, we can add that on to the contract. We already have a bid from the contractor how much that's going to cost. So like I mentioned, we have several years to find that additional funds, it cannot be the FTA funds, it would have to be some other options, whether it's local funding. Um, um, I haven't even approached the subject with the legislators on the extension of the GET, TAT. Um, our, our heart board chair, she, she is so insistent that our numbers are too conservative, our construction costs are too conservative, and our income is too conservative. So she really feels we have the funds to get there, but right now I, I'm, I would rather be conservative because I, I do not want to come out to FTA or the, the community that our numbers are not this, they're this. So she feels that in our numbers, our construction costs will be here. So that extra funding can go towards the, the Ala Moana ex, um, extension. And she also feels that our contingencies, so we have about $800 million in this recovery plan contingencies. Um, that's for the unknowns. Mm -hmm. And she's hoping that when we're, when we're managing this project, you know, very uh, prudently, that there's going to be extra contingency funds that we can use to go towards the extension towards Ala Moana. So like I said, I don't have all of the answers today, but I'm hoping we do get them as the, over the next couple of years to find that funding to get to Ala Moana. You know, when you took this job, first as interim and then as permanent, um, the, this public sentiment against rail, it was pretty strong. And I know yes. that that had to be pretty tough. I can't imagine that you could walk through longs without someone saying something. <laughs> so right. um, but I, I'm interested to know, uh, you know, obviously you have your sea legs, you are fully in it and fully committed and even turned down a bonus opportunity uh, as sort of a, a show of goodwill. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what this job has been like and what you're hearing when you walk through Longs. Has the sentiment, is it changing at all or are you still hearing a lot of criticism? Actually, um, and, and I could be biased, but you're right. As I'm walking in the stores or restaurants, people will just, I don't even know who they are. And, you know, and they'll say, thank you for everything that you're doing. We have a lot of confidence. You, you have changed the perspective of heart. And so, in my gut, I think we are starting to change the tide. You're not going to please everyone, but I just hope people understand we're, we're trying to be 
um, as best as we can. And, and the, the culture here at heart, I've tried to hammer it into all of our staff. When you make your decisions, you always make it in the best interest of the taxpayers. And you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong if you keep making those decisions in that way. And I really do think we're starting to change. Um, when Mayor made that that announcement in his State of the City address, we got flooded with phone calls and emails that don't stop, get all the way to Ala Moana. And so I hear less negativity um, and stopping at Middle Street. So I'd like to think we're changing it. Uh, maybe that's just me being over optimistic, but but have you heard? Have you heard? <laughs> um, I hear a little less grumbling, I'd say, okay. but you know, who knows? I don't go out that much. <laughs> uh, but it, I mean, it is interesting. And I think that one of the big things is everyone wants to ride this train. You know, yes. we, we want to at least see it functional. Yes. I think that was one of the things just, you know, personally, when I go out there and I see the, all the lights on at these stations and I know that there is a possibility, it feels like, okay, let, let's, let's at least get going. If we've built all this infrastructure, yes. let's start to use it. Absolutely. I get that from my dad all the time. He's like, I want to ride this train before I can't walk anymore. I'm like, talk about the biggest pressure. That's the biggest pressure I think on me. I said, yes, dad, the goal is before the end of the year, you'll be able to get on that train. I mean, you're not going to go all the way to downtown, but at least you get on it and ride it and see the benefits of it. So uh, as we talked about at the top, you're up against a tight deadline. You have two hearings before the council and then you go back to the board. Is that correct? And then the FTA by the 30th. Do you think that you'll be able to meet that deadline? No. So we don't have to go back to the board. The board okay. did approve on Friday. I am crossing my fingers that we get council approval on June 1st. And then we submit it immediately after that to FTA to meet that June 30 deadline. If FTA comes back, that we are not in agreement with your numbers or anything else, anything else in the plan, we have to amend it. And then we have to go back through um, the process of board and council approval, but that doesn't have to be done before June 30th, because I, I honestly think FTA is gonna take at least a couple of months to review and get their comments back to us. Okay. In the meantime, you know, we talked about public sentiment just a few minutes ago. Uh, we're out, just about out of time, but just a closing thought to, from you to the people who are watching, you know, we're all paying for this train, even if yes. we're not riding it yet. So yes. what do you say to folks who may not be supportive of this project and still have a lot of reservations? I was like that. Under Peter Carlisle, I was the same way. Um, he would have us in cabinet saying, we need you folks to be champions for rail. And I said, why? I'm never going to ride it. I live on the Windward side. Why do I care? And he said, you know, Laurie, you live on the Windward side. You have H3, you have Cal Highway, you have Pali and Lika Lika, which is all federally funded. So you have yours already. But what about the people on the west side? And when I, under Kirk Caldwell, when I became the ENV director, I would drive out to Kapolei to my office going out and coming back and just seeing those people in that traffic, it, it really touched me. And so I'm, of course, I'm a supporter for rail. And for those who are not supporters, I understand because it's been so frustrating trying to deal with, with heart. And I just hope that people are starting to see we're, we're, we're trying to be open, transparent and honest and um, good, bad or ugly. I, I try to be 
give you the truth of what's going on and and just have have patience with us. We're going to get this done in the best way possible for the taxpayers. Okay, Lori Kahikina, we appreciate your candor and your time this morning. Thank you so much for being Thank with you. us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Aloha. Aloha. Well, always great to hear from Lori Kahikina. She really does, uh, you know, show reveal everything. You get no nonsense from her. Uh, interesting to hear her perspective on ending the route, uh, at least for now, in Kaka'ako, though she does say that the goal is really to get to Ala Moana and eventually UH, perhaps beyond. Also interesting to hear about that the sort of calculation that was made that initially the plan was perhaps to end it downtown, but they decided uh, with the mayor's backing to go all the way to South Street but that does mean that the money has to come from somewhere. And so the Pearl Highlands uh, parking garage is shelved for the moment. That parking garage is slated to cost more than $300 million. That's quite a hefty price tag given uh, what it'll be used for. And so there is some thought that perhaps that money could be redirected in a different way, uh, maybe put the garage somewhere else using existing infrastructure and perhaps even building an extension into Mililani. That's the first I've heard of that. Um, so that is a very interesting idea. And I'm sure that a lot of you will have thoughts on that. She did talk about the Dillingham corridor and some of the challenges we know that that, that is going to be very cumbersome for the businesses and for people who travel through that area while the construction is going on. Um, and she apologized in advance for that. We're going to be seeing a lot more as that construction begins. Uh, she's, of course, focused on this draft recovery plan that was approved by the uh, Heart Board on Friday. If you missed the write-up, you can go back and look at Ashley Mizuo's reporting. Uh, she did a very good write-through about the Heart Board and uh, some of the reservations that they have, but why they ultimately approved that plan. Uh, Lori Kahikina and her team now have to go before the City Council for two meetings uh, to get approval. And if they approve that draft recovery plan, she will present it to the FTA. The deadline is June 30th, so they can waste no time on that. But always great to get an update on rail. We know that there are a lot of skeptics out there, out there. And she did say, though, that the conversation that she's having uh, has been changing a bit. And she hopes that as people get to ride the train, hopefully sometime this year, best case scenario would be October. But there are no guarantees for that, that that would be uh, perhaps changing public sentiment even more. So we will see. On Wednesday, we turn our attention uh, to politics. Kaika Hele is our guest. Uh, he made big headlines over the weekend, of course, announcing that he is leaving Congress and joining the race for governor of Hawaii. So what are his plans, what his what his campaign strategy is? He has less than 100 days till the primary, uh, and he is going to be accepting public money, public financing for his campaign. Of course, he is up against some financial challenges entering the race so late. So what that will all look like, Ryan will be back here. Uh, to join us and Kai Kahele will be here. So thank you so much for being with us. I'm Yanji Denise. We'll see you right back here Wednesday at 1030. Aloha. This episode of Spotlight Hawaii is brought to you by Long Strugs.